The following audio is from Christian Heritage Church. More information about Christian Heritage Church is available at chctoday.com. Take your Bible so you can turn with me to the book of Exodus chapter 2. As you're turning, it's only fitting on Father's Day I tell you a story that is applying to men only. All right? Ladies, I want to tell you right now, you probably want to do this because you're not going to hear this story. This is for men only, but I believe the church should be made of strong men, so we're going to talk to you today, all right? The story tells me about a young man from Oklahoma who moved to Florida, fresh off the farm. He needed a job, so he went to one of these big box stores that has absolutely everything. Interviewed with the manager for a sales position. The manager said to him, well, I'm not really sure. Have you ever sold anything before? He said, well, yeah, back home I sold vacuum cleaners. He thought, well, I like the guy. I'll go ahead and give him a chance. We'll see what happens. So I said, all right, you start tomorrow. And at the end of the day tomorrow, I'll come down and check on you and see how you did. So the young man went to work the next day and he made it through the day, even though it was a rough day. And at the close of the day, then the manager came down and he said, so how did you do today? How many customers did you serve? How many sales did you have? He kind of looks down at his shoes and he said, I, I just had one, one sale. The manager said, one, that's all? Our sales associates have to sell at least 20 to 30 people a day. One just isn't going to cut it. That may work back on the farm, but that isn't going to work in Florida. And then kind of sarcastically, he looked at the young man and he said, by the way, how much was your sale? The young man looked at him and said, well, it was $101,265.67. The manager was blown away. Are you kidding me? $101,265.67. Yeah, that's right. What did you sell? Well, when the guy came in, I sold him some fish hooks. And then he needed a fishing pole, so I sold him a fishing pole. And then I asked him where he was going fishing. He said, well, I'm going down to the coast. And I said, well, you're going to need a boat. So I took him down to the boat department and sold him that twin-engine Chris Craft. And when we was looking at it, he said, I'm not sure my Honda Civic is going to pull this boat. So I took him over to the auto department, and I sold him that 4x4 Expedition. And the boss said, I can't believe this. You mean to tell me that a guy came in to buy fish hooks, and you sold him a boat and a truck? He said, oh, no. He came in to buy tampons for his wife, and I said, buddy, your weekend is shot. You may as well go fishing. (laughs) Come on, that's a man joke today. Somebody ought to like that. Do you have my permission to retell it? Change the name so the innocent are always protected, all right? I'm glad you're here this morning. Thank you, Jesse. Thank you so much. I got to be honest with you. I just looked at my watch, and I know that probably I'm not going to get past the introduction of this message. So I'm going to take about uh, 15 minutes. That's all I need this morning. Make sure you cut me off at 15 minutes, all right? Don't let me go past. And I'm going to give you the meat of this message, the introduction, and then we'll deal the rest later on. Exodus chapter 1 and chapter 2. As you're turning there, remember next weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, is a time of spiritual emphasis. Friday night, a great time of worship and word with Worship United. Saturday night, Rick Howe will be here from North Carolina. Sunday morning, he'll be back preaching a prophetic word to this congregation. I need every one of you to be here, all three of those services. And bring someone with you because God is going to do a powerful thing in this place. So as we look at the scripture this morning, we see in Exodus chapter 1 as we read the background in the story that Israel has been in Egypt in the land of Goshen for 400 years. And for 400 years, they pretty well prospered. 
Matter of fact, you can read it in chapter 1, verse 7. It says, the children of Israel were fruitful and increased abundantly and multiplied and grew exceedingly mighty, and the land was filled with them. They were blessed in that place that was, remember from a few weeks ago, a place of refuge, never intended to be a place of residence. They built a house where they should have built a tent. Can you say amen? I'm not going to repreach that message this morning. If you weren't here, buy the DVD, buy the CD, go to CHC Today. It's free there. Go to the uh, iTunes store. They're all free there. The media is there for you to take advantage of. So take advantage of it and listen to the last two messages. But when we read that story, something begins to jump out at, at us. And it's this fact that Israel chose in that day and in that time to go along to get along. They chose to not offer any resistance whatsoever when a new king came into power in Egypt. They failed to realize that even at that time, according to the scripture we just read, they could have easily resisted that power, resisted that authority. But you see, they thought of themselves as shepherds, not as soldiers. They failed to remember they were children of the Most High God. They failed to remember destiny was on their life and over their life. The promise of God flowed in and through their veins. They were never meant to be slaves. They were meant to be the people of God. They forgot that in that moment of time. They chose to go along just to get along. And then verse 9 of chapter 1 says, A new king arose over Egypt who did not know Joseph. And this is what he said to his people. He said, the children of Israel are more than we are and mightier than we are. You see, the Israelites should have realized that. The Egyptians knew it for sure, but they failed to recognize the blessing of God on their lives. Hear me, somebody in this room. It's time you stopped looking down and you started looking up. It's time you stopped moaning and groaning about what you don't have and begin declaring what you do have. It's time you lay aside all that craziness from the past and declare, I am bought, blood bought. I am redeemed. I'm a child of the living God. Royal blood flows through my veins. I am no longer a slave. I am a son of the Most High God. Time to change your stinking thinking. They thought they were shepherds, not soldiers. They were absolutely wrong. Fear immobilized them when a new king rose over the land. And as a result, they allowed themselves to be enslaved. They allowed themselves to be oppressed. They had the power to stop it, according to those two verses, but they didn't do it. They chose to be mice rather than men. They chose to allow oppression to run over the top of them rather than to stand against them. All of you in this room, if you've been in church any length of time at all, have heard the grasshopper sermon out of the end of the book of Exodus. Where where Moses led the children of Israel to the Jordan, the promised land, sent out the 12 spies. When they came back, two of them said, we are well able to do this. But 10 of them said, now there's giants in the land, and we're just like grasshoppers in their sight. 
Can I tell you, that syndrome didn't begin when they got to the Jordan River. It began years before in Egypt when they allowed a king to oppress them and push them down and make them slaves. I came to tell you this morning, men and women of God, it's time to change your thinking. Stop looking like you're oppressed. Stop saying I'm an addict. Stop saying it will never change and begin declaring the word of the living God in your heart and over your life. God is able. God is able. If you will get it in your spirit, he did not save you to make you a slave. He has set you free from slavery, set you free from bondage. You are destined. It is now in your spiritual DNA to rise up and be victorious. I come to tell you, you are more than conquerors through him that loves you. I come to tell you, he who has began a good work in you, he will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Get it in your spirit this morning. Understand who you are. The Israelites, for some reason, thought they were second-class citizens in Egypt. Are you kidding me? You're the children of God. You're the people of destiny. You're blessed above all peoples. Do you hear what I'm saying to you today? When you're in the kingdom, there is no first class and second class. We're all blood-bought. We're all sons of the king. We stand on equal footing at the foot of the cross. There is no race. There is no distinction in, in color at the foot of the cross. We are all the same. It's time you got that in your thinking. And allow God to move in your heart and move in your life. Listen, this is a scriptural principle. It's not in your notes because none of this is in your notes. You need to write this down. If you have a pen, you take it out, you turn it on, and you write this down. Got one? You're with me? All right. Write this down. Your mind just came apart. All right, write this down. Scriptural principle. What we tolerate, we become. What we tolerate, we become. The children of Israel tolerated oppression and they became slaves. I've come to tell you today, I am not tolerating the oppression of the enemy. I'm not going to put up with his attacks. I'm not going to bow down to his pressure. I'm not going to believe his lies. I choose rather to believe the true report, the report of the Lord. I choose to believe I'm not going under. I'm going over. I am not in slavery anymore. I've been set free. And my destiny is with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. What you tolerate, you become. You need to hear that. You need to apply that. You need to make some changes in your life and quit tolerating some junk. I wasn't going to say this, but I got to its Father's Day. Don't you come whining to me about your 17-year-old who's living in rebellion when you allowed that little hellion to act that way when he was two. Come on. What you tolerate, you become. It's time for parents, men, dads to stand up and say, it stops now. It stops now. I'm not putting up with your garbage. You can't act like that and live under my roof. It stops now. Come on, guys, grow a backbone. Be a dad. Set an example. Be a man in your home. Let the power of God flow in you and through you. Never see. I hate to go to the grocery store. Absolutely hate it. Because every time I go to the grocery store, there is some two-year-old pitching a fit because he didn't get some candy. Come on. It's time for parents to stand up and say, it's not in the budget. I don't care how you act. That's not happening. Oh, I love the way you're shouting now. 
I know that's a person thing. I get it. I'm going against culture there. I get it. Because we don't tell kids no anymore. We don't dare discipline children anymore. God Almighty, change your stinking thinking. God has given you children to raise them in the fear, the nurture, and the admonition of the Lord, not for them to run you. Come on. Fathers, it's time to be dads in the home. Don't tell me about the issues you had with your kid now that's all grown up when you didn't raise him right to begin with. It's time to, I'm not saying it's all over. I'm not saying there's no hope. I'm saying it's time to stand in the gap. I'm saying it's time to say, God, I may have blew it back then, but you're a redeeming God. And what I blew, you can redeem. And you can redeem his life. You can redeem her life. You can turn them around and put them on the right road. And what do you want me to do to make that to happen? Come on, it's time to realize we have personal responsibility in this thing today. Change the way we think, because what we tolerate, we become. The movie I mentioned to you that we didn't show the trailer of, because evidently I didn't burn the disc right, to be real honest, right? That was my fault. Not CG's fault, that was my fault. That movie is going to challenge you to stand up. Challenge you to take a stand. Is America under judgment? There's no doubt that America is under judgment. Has been for a number of years. But can I tell you today, God is still a God of grace and mercy and forgiveness and restoration. And he would much rather show you his grace than show you his judgment. He's simply waiting for someone to stand up and say, enough's enough. So I don't believe that. There's no scriptural principle for that. Well, you ought to read the Old Testament if there is. Genesis 18 makes it very clear that when God said to Abraham, I'm going to judge Sodom and Gomorrah for their sin, Abram said, but God, if there's 50 righteous men in the city, will you spare them? And God said, yes, I will, if there's 50. And then Abraham realized he may have a problem, so he started bargaining with God. Now, God, if there's 45, will you spare them? And God said, yes, I will. And then he said, but God, if there's only 40 righteous men, will you spare the city? Yes, I will. God, if there's only 30 righteous men, will you spare the city? Yes, I will. God, if there's only 20 righteous men, will you spare the city? Yes, I will. God, if there's only 10, if there's only 10, will you spare the city? And God said, yes, I will. What am I telling you today? I'm telling you it's time for the church to stand up and say, we're going to stand in the gap for our country. We're going to stand in the gap for our family. We're going to stand in the gap for our church. We're going to stand in the gap for our city. That's why we did the prayer walk last night. It's time to let the devil know we're not hiding behind four walls. We're taking it to the streets, to the highways, to the hedges, and compelling them to come in. We are not going to put up with this stuff any longer. It's time for the church to stand up. So you got to be careful what you say. You're going to lose your tax-exempt status. I didn't come to church for a tax-exempt status. I came for a relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And it's time you and I understand we have to press in and ask God to bring grace and mercy to our nation and to our city. God is looking for men and women who will stand in the gap today. He's looking for men and women who will accept the challenge and say, I will be that person. I will stand in that place. He's looking for men and women who will grow a backbone spiritually, stand upon the authority of his word, and not be intimidated by the enemy in his lives. 
God's looking for men and women to stand. I pray today that you will be a part of that force. It's time to stop rolling over and playing dead. See, this is another thing we do. We say, well, I tried. I tried, but I failed. I've got four more minutes. I tried, but I failed. Welcome to the club. Who hasn't failed? But failure should never be fatal. Failure should never be the end of who we are and what God is asking us to do. Moses was destined to be the deliverer of Israel. It was in his DNA. When he was born, Exodus 2.2, his mother looked at him and saw there was something special about that child, is what the message says. She saw there was something different about him. He grew up in Pharaoh's household. Forty years later, when you go to the scripture later on in Exodus, he went out to see how it was going with his brethren, the slaves, you know? Those that were the people of God that were now in bondage. He went to see how they were getting along, and he saw an Egyptian mistreating a Hebrew. This is what it says. He looks both ways. Didn't see anybody. He killed the Egyptian, and he buried him in the sand. He knew what he was doing was wrong from the beginning, but he did it anyway. Then it says the next day he went out and he saw two Hebrews fighting with each other. And he told them to cut it out. And Worm said, what are you going to do? Kill us also like you did the Egyptian. And this is what the Bible says. It says these things Moses feared because he knew what he had done was found out. You'll find that in Exodus 2.14. And then the next verse, verse 15 says, When Pharaoh heard this thing, he sought to slay Moses, but Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh. See, when we fail, that's what happens. First we fear, then we flee. First we're afraid that somebody's going to know I failed, and then they're going to run me out of town if I don't get out of town first. Well, church, it's time for you to recognize it's the day to stand up. It doesn't matter if you failed before. Failure is not fatal. What matters is will you recognize that as a born-again child of the living God, there is in your spiritual DNA victory. You're a soldier. You're a conqueror. You're a man of God. You're a woman of God. There is a destiny over your life. There is a promise in your life. And it's time to change your thinking and step into what God has promised you. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed across this place this morning. Moses allowed his emotion to rule his action. When we make decisions and do things out of emotion and we fail, then that emotion also rules our subsequent actions. He did something because he was trying to do a good thing, but he did it out of God's will. He killed an Egyptian. When it was found out, he was afraid and he fled. The Bible was on to say he went to Midian and sat down beside a well. He gave up. His destiny was shocked. You're in this room this morning, and you say, you know, I tried to be a good man. I tried to be a good father. I've tried to do what God asked me to do, but I've failed. Well, today is your day to have another burning bush encounter and to recognize that God has something great in store for you, that your failures will not limit your future nor determine what God has poured into your life. But you can move away from that emotion. You can embrace the Word of God and you can move forward in what God wants you to be. Maybe you're here this morning you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior. You've never asked Him to come into your heart and come into your life. You recognize that more than anything, you need help to live the life you need to live, to be a man, to be a woman of God. 
you need your sins forgiven, your life transformed and changed, that's you in this room today. By raising your hand, say, Pastor, I need Jesus to come into my heart and to come into my life. Just slip it up right where you sit. I'm going to pray for you, and God's going to do a work in your life. I need Jesus to come into my life, come into my heart, and change me and forgive me. Anyone as I wait just a moment? Is anyone here in the house that needs Jesus? Yes. Anyone else? Yes. Anyone else? Clear at the back. Yes. Anyone else? Yes. Anyone who will join these four? Raise your hand and say, I need Jesus in my heart and in my life. Anyone else? As I wait just a moment. Yes. Anyone else? Those of you who raised your hand, I want you to stand right where you're at. Stand up if you raised your hand. There were five of you that I saw. If there were others, please stand. I mean, I want everybody to come to the kingdom this morning. Yes, that's it. And now step out and meet me right down here. Come on. Come on. Step out and meet me right down here. We're going to pray together. Come on. I'm going to wait for you. Come right on down. Bring those kids with you. That's great. Bring them with you. Come right on down. Anyone else you want to join these who say, I want Jesus to come into my life this morning. I want to be forgiven. I want to be changed. Anyone else? You can join us. This is your opportunity. This is your chance. This is your day to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Those of you standing here, the Bible says when we believe in our heart on the Lord Jesus Christ and confess with our mouth that God has raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. So I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And please know there's nothing magical about the prayer. But rather, when you by faith confess Jesus as Lord and Savior and ask him to come into your heart and into your life, that's when the power happens. It's you activating the faith God has given you to receive his son and ask him to forgive you. So would you pray this prayer with me this morning? Everybody pray it with me. Dear Jesus, I need a savior. I believe you're the son of God. I believe you died for my sins. I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to cleanse me. I ask you to come into my heart and into my life. Change me today. Let your blood cleanse me today. Let your sacrifice be applied to my life today. I receive you as my Lord. I welcome you as my Savior. Change my life by your power. According to your word. In Jesus' name I ask it. Amen. If you prayed that prayer in faith, God is doing that work in you right now. He's cleansing you. Yeah, those tears are good. That's normal and natural. Because when we encounter a holy God, it causes something to break inside of us. So what I want you to do now, Pastor Clay's right over there. I want you to follow him. He's going to give you some information and get you right back into service. So would you do that? Just go right over there with Pastor Clay. He's going to give you information about the next step you're going to take in following God. Come on, welcome them into the family. Welcome them into the family. Praise God. Hallelujah. Come on, church. This is what it's all about. This is why we gather to see people born into the kingdom. We should all be excited right now. The angels are rejoicing. We should be excited as well. I'm going to slip out the back to candidates for baptism. Please go and get ready for baptism. Pastor Brittany's coming back. Will you just worship with her as she sings this song and lead you in this song this morning? Thank you for listening to audio from Christian Heritage Church located in Tallahassee, Florida. Feel free to give copies of this message to others, but do not charge for those copies or alter the content in any way without permission. For more information about Christian Heritage Church, please visit us online at chctoday.com.